Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning. It is posted at the same time as our Sunday morning Bible classes at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 9.30, our local time, every Sunday morning. Now, we're doing that because we know that there are people in our area and also people who listen across the country and literally around the world who want to get into God's Word, but they cannot be with us physically at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ church building. And so we want to provide the opportunity through podcasting and over the medium of the internet to be able to help them be in God's Word, be in a Bible study so they can grow spiritually. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so as we help people get into God's Word through these podcast Bible studies, we pray that we're helping them stay strong and even grow stronger in their faith, and thereby come closer to God. And ultimately, our prayer is that some will have their lives turned around as they grow in their faith, and they'll become Christians. They'll get to heaven. That's our prayer. Now, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody by doing so to turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. Now, also encourage people to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or whatever other smart device they choose, all of our podcasts. They will receive Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And they'll also receive a seven-day-a-week, that's seven days a week, a short Bible study called Today's Bible Class, only about 13 minutes or so long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word and, again, thereby helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. It also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. And it helps us to maintain a more positive spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day. And boy, life throws a lot at us every day. So encourage everybody you can to sign up for our podcasting at churchofchrist.com. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and Worship with us, study God's Word with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6.30 for an evening period of worship, and on Wednesday evenings, we come back for midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 6.30. And you're welcome to any and all of these services. All of these services. Come check us out. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. And let's grow spiritually together.
We're going to get back into our study from the book of Deuteronomy. And as we have stated, when we are reading the book of Deuteronomy, we're reading really kind of a re-emphasizing or rehearsal of the history of mankind, but mostly the history of Israel, the development of the people of Israel up to the point where Moses, by God's instruction, has led them to the eastern border of the promised land, which was at that time the land of Canaan. But as God would deliver that land into their hands, it would become the nation of Israel geographically. Now, the people, the Israelites, God had already been molding into his people, but he was about to give them a land that a national geographic boundaried land that he had promised to them through their forefathers going all, all the way back to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. Now, so they're poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross that river into the promised land, and there's going to be a number of battles that they're going to have to fight. But God has already told them, you just stay true to me. You stay faithful to me. Trust me. I'll give you the victory in battle after battle after battle. I'm going to give you this land. So they're poised. They're ready. But before they cross that river, before they go into that promised land and begin to fight those battles to conquer the idol-worshiping people who were there, people who were not faithful to God, then Moses reminds them of how God has brought them through the past many years, led them up to this point. In chapter 8 is where we begin today. And here Moses goes on and he says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Now, he's already emphasized to them, when you go into this land, when God delivers it into your hands, you don't have anything to do with the people there by, by way of any kinds of relationship with them. You either destroy them in battle or you drive them out of the land. You are not to intermarry with their sons and daughters. You are not to, again, have any relationships with them because in doing so, they will become a snare to you. They'll become a thorn in your side. Now, in what way? They're going to, because they're not faithful to God, because they worship idols and they do not, do not recognize God as the God, then they're going to influence you to become idol worshipers and turn away from complete faithfulness to God. So Moses has been very strong in warning them about this. He's been very strong in teaching them, you need to stay faithful to God. And that, that includes obeying his commandments. God has given them the original Ten Commandments. Now, here in verse 1 of chapter 8, he says every commandment. Now, some people, they think, I'm living by the Ten Commandments. That's good. That, means, that makes me righteous. There are a whole lot more instructions from God written down in his word by way of commandment than just those original ten we need to obey every commandment. That's what Moses says here. Every commandment 
which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. You must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Now, if you want to live and prosper, if you want to multiply in the way that God wants you to multiply, he says you need to keep all of his commandments. Now, not just those original 10. You need to keep all of the commandments which God has commanded you. And, and again, the condition of longevity, that is a long life, is you live by God's commandments. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 4, and, and the first few verses, he's addressing specifically children there. And we might say, well, younger children, but, but we can say simply children. And, and so he says, and I said chapter 4, it's chapter 6 in Ephesians' letter, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Well, very similar condition and result is given by Moses here when he says, you must be careful to observe every commandment that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. God has blessings waiting for us that are contingent to some degree at least on our walking with him in faithful, consistent obedience to his teachings. Verse 2, we go on. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now, it was not God's original intention to lead or have Moses lead through God's guidance the Israelites around in the wilderness for a period of 40 years. After they had been a while at Mount Sinai, the base of Mount Sinai, after God had delivered them from the Egyptian bondage, Moses leading them across the Red Sea and into the wilderness and to Mount Sinai, God told Moses, get the people up. It's time to move on move on to the promised land. And so they did. They came at that time to the southern border of the promised land, and God had already promised them, I'll give you this land. This is the land that I promised to you through your forefathers going all the way back to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And so Moses sent 12 spies into the land, and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back and said, it's a great land, flowing with milk and honey. We're way, well able to take it. Let's go. God will give us the victory. But 10 of the spies, uh, the spies came back, and initially they said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's some, here's some samples of the produce that we brought back from that land. But then they said, but we can't take it. That's, that, there's, there's mighty people in that land. There's big cities that are fortified. There's even giants living in that land. We're like grasshoppers in our sight compared to them, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight compared to them. And so because of their lack of faith, God had Moses turn them back into the wilderness, turn the people of Israel, the Israelites, back into the wilderness, and they wandered for a period of 40 years in that wilderness 
I, I've called it piddled. And the reason being, what did Moses say here? Led you all the way these, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not? Well, the adult generations from 20 years old and up, they struggled with their faith in God. They struggled with their, their belief, their confidence that God would give them victory, would take care of them, and on and on. And so God let that entire adult generation from 20 years old and up die in the wilderness. And he raised up their children who were stronger in faith. And so it's really to their children that Moses is speaking here who are now the adults. And so he says, God, God led you all, these, all the way these 40 years to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowing you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, God fed the Israelites in the wilderness those 40 years miraculously. He caused a manna to appear on the ground every morning, every morning with the exception of the Sabbath morning, the seventh day of the week. But on the sixth day, or yeah, on the sixth, on the, I'm sorry, on the Sabbath day and the sixth day of the week, but on the day before that, he provided enough manna for them to take extra and keep it to feed them on that Sabbath day. He did that for 40 years. He also brought quail into the camp and gave them meat to eat. And their clothes did not wear out during those 40 years. Their shoes, the soles of their shoes did not wear out. God, he provided water for them miraculously. God took care of them for those 40 years. And so they saw the mighty hand of God, and his love for them as he took care of them, guided them, but provided for them for those 40 years. And so Moses says, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Now, it's interesting, once they crossed that Jordan River and entered the promised land, the manna stopped. You see, the land that they were about to be given by God, that they were about to conquer by God's power, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. And it already had vineyards that were grown, full grown. It already had water in place and crops in the fields and cities that were built. God was giving them a prepared land. And he had been spending the last 40 years while they wandered around the wilderness preparing them for that prepared land. Your garments did not wear out on you, verse 4, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God, your God chastens you. I think it's really sad that in our culture today, in our country, that we have gotten to a point where we think we're too sophisticated to really chasten in a forceful way, our children, as we're raising them in our households. 
we're letting them, not, this, this course does not apply to every parent, but so many times parents, they're just not really disciplining their children in the way that their children need to be disciplined in a constructive and guiding and loving way by their parents. And the children are growing up to become undisciplined adults. And our nation, our culture is suffering the consequences. So your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. He disciplined the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him, to hold him in reverence to the point where you're obedient to his teachings. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. In other words, tremendous resources in this land that God is about to lead you into and give into your possession. Food is already there. Water is already there. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Boy, that portrays an image that we see repeated throughout the generations of mankind. When people are destitute or when they're struggling with some situation in their life that they cannot figure out how to correct or how to handle effectively and productively. Well, many of them at least tend to turn to God. And when God blesses them and things get good again for them, a great many of them then forget about God and turn away. And Moses is warning the people, you remember how God has blessed you, how he's taken care of you. And when, he, when you do possess this land that he is now ready to give you, and you've eaten of the fruit of that land, you've drunk of the waters of that land, when you've built yourself beautiful homes because God has blessed you with the ability to be able to do that, don't forget God. Don't forget the giver of those blessings. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions 
and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do, to do you good in the end? Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Oh, the devil is so skillful in tempting us with arrogance, with a feeling of self-righteousness, haughtiness, thinking, look what I have done by my power, by my abilities, by my strength, by my ingenuity. And we forget that God is the blessings giver, and he gave us that strength and those abilities and that ingenuity, that might, that intelligence. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Moses is encouraging and warning the people, don't let the devil sway you. Don't forget who gave you these blessings. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, that is idols, and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So Moses, and of course he is, he is uttering God's word to the people. He's warning them, don't turn aside from faithfulness to God. Don't start worshiping those idols that you're going to find in that land I've already instructed you to tear them down, to burn them, to destroy them. Don't let them stand because they will become a snare to you. They'll become an influence to evil for you. Get rid of them and get rid of the people who worship them. And if you do not, if you turn aside if you begin worshiping those false gods, those inanimate objects that are not God at all, if you begin worshiping them, you're turning away from God. And God will turn away from you. And you shall perish as a nation. Not only was this a warning from Moses, it was also prophetic because it was exactly what would ultimately happen. Over a period of hundreds of years, the people would become more and more unfaithful. They would turn more and more to the worship of idols, and God would allow their enemies to destroy them as a nation, take the survivors captive into foreign lands, and they would cease to exist as a nation. 
How sad. How sad. After they had seen all of the blessings that God bestowed upon them, after they had enjoyed living in a land that God gave them, they would turn away from God and start worshiping idols. We need to heed the warning ourselves today. And some would say, well, I I would never worship idols. There are a whole lot of people who call themselves Christians today who bow down to statues and images and pray and worship through them. Those are idols. But it's not just physical idolatry that takes a lot of people in. A lot of people, in essence, worship the idols of money and materialism, of prestige, social standing, of business success, and the list can go on and on. Whatever turns you away from God should be shunned. Stay true to God. Stay true to God. We'll continue our study in chapter 9 next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much. And Father, thank you for being so patient with us. But help us to open our eyes and see that we need to walk with you in consistent faithful obedience. Because your blessings, your blessings far surpass anything this world can offer us. And anything that would pull us away from you That is a device of the devil. And his only intent for us is our destruction, our eternal condemnation in hell. Please guide us, Father. Help us to stay alert. And help us, Father, to keep our eyes open to your truth. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.